don't compare your market or your time frame or in a, compare your activity level. That's the comparison to make. That's how you'll know well if this is or isn't working for me. It's not that it's not working. It's probably that we're not working it. This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the behind-the-scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the Platform Marketing Strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO platform. I love marketing and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Tim Shermack and welcome back to another episode of the Platform Marketing Show. I'm joined today by uh, Tom Collier, a realtor in Knox County, Ohio. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Now, Tom and I are going to have a really interesting conversation today on the Platform Marketing Show because Tom is not one of those super exciting, sexy, quick case studies, success stories where he signed up for the platform marketing program and immediately had, you know, life, life changing results within 90 days. Um, I think a lot of marketing companies and programs want people to think that quick results are possible and even probable. Like, hey, if you sign up for this or that, you can have closings or you can have listings within six weeks or within 90 days or whatever. Um, and usually that's just not, that's just not the reality. Right. And I think Tom is just an amazing example of being realistic about success and what it takes to have success and, and the timeline of sometimes what's necessary to build your brand and start experiencing momentum and what that looks like, you know, however you define success in your market. So Tom, uh, welcome to the show and let's get started. I want to ask you the question. Tell me about Knox County, Ohio. What is your market like? What's the average price point? Um, tell the listeners about Knox County. We are a very rural county. We're uh, dead set. We're the geographical center of Ohio. We're about, um, 50 or 60 miles from Columbus, the local metropolitan area, if you will. Uh, we're a small community. 65,000 is our population in Knox County. And I really focus on Knox County. I do very little outside of that area. Some agents will go much further. I really want to and desire to focus on my specific area and county. So we're about 65,000 people. Uh, we have... Uh, five miles of four-lane highway in our entire county. Uh, we are 20 or 30 miles from the, locus, lo the closest interstate. Okay. When I say we're rural, we're rural. Our largest community is about 15,000 people. That's the county seat. Okay. And what's, what's the average price point there? Yeah. The average price point just broke 200,000 this year for the first time. We hovered around 175 to 190. And with some increases in activity and shortage of, of homes, uh, we've just crested the 200, maybe 205 mark for the average sale price here. Okay. So you're looking at, you know, realistically, an average commission check for you is going to be somewhere around, let's say, $5,000. Right. $4,500, $5,000 is, is general, yes. Okay. Okay. And 
when did you sign up for the platform marketing program? Tom, do you remember what, what month and year it was? Yeah, I, I do. August of 2020, right after the okay. big hit of the pandemic. Yeah. At, and I have to say, at the time I joined, uh, you know, when COVID first hit here, it actually didn't affect us much in the very early beginning. But as it went on, it affected us a great deal. And literally, when I joined platform marketing, I don't think I had had closing in nearly six months. Oh wow! So you were you were you were really starting from like a baseline of pretty much zero. Yeah, and and, and I had been in the business for a number of years and had a you know a relatively successful base and business. So it wasn't like I was a newbie starting out. And sure. Just, oh, COVID hit. I was licensed in two thousand and three. Uh, I didn't really start full time in the business until two thousand eight. Who wouldn't want to start in real estate <laughs> in two thousand eight, right? Uh, and that's when I went full time, and it was do or die. You know, people used to ask me how sales was at that time. And I said, oh, it was great. I sold my refrigerator, my car, my couch, my, anything you could do just to keep in business. But no kidding. You know, so I've been I've been in the business a while, but COVID really had a bad effect. You know, I think that was I think that was true of a lot of people, though. Right. Like and we're kind of seeing the same dynamic play out this year in 2023, that even if you had a successful business in previous years, Transaction volume this year, you know, uh, depending on what market you're in, obviously all all real estate's local. Everyone knows that, but the average across the country is about most markets are down about thirty percent in in transaction volume, right? So even if home prices haven't come down a ton in terms of transaction volume, like the number of transactions happening every month, that number's down thirty percent year over year. So essentially, the pie has just shrunk by thirty percent. Um, in terms of the number of closings out there for realtors to, you know, for realtors to get. And so it's it's totally normal. I guess that's what I'm saying, that if your business is down a little bit this year, that's that's why. But that's what I think makes your your story really, really compelling, Tom, is that your business is actually up in the last year. So in in a rolling 12 month, 18 month period where the overall real estate market has actually tightened by about 30%. Your business has greatly expanded. And that's to your credit. Like I wish platform could take more credit for this success story, but really I think the main variable is just your endurance and your patience in trusting the strategy and not looking for a quick fix and not looking, you know, for like, hey, I wanna triple my business or whatever in, you know, in, in three months. I mean, you signed up in, you said August of 2020. And how, how long do you think it really took you to see results, to see your business really growing in a meaningful way? Because I know you were not one of those people that saw results in the first six months, even necessarily in the first 12 months or the first 18 months. I mean, how long did it actually take you to feel like, okay, this, this platform thing is working? It, it took every bit of two years. Uh, and I won't say that I didn't have anything from platform. Certainly I did, but to the extent where I would say, oh man, this is this is really making a difference for me um, in the background perhaps, but as far as reflected in the numbers, really it wasn't until two to almost two and a half years, uh, I guess, two years and three or four months before that really kicked in to where I could say, look, this was worth the wait and worth all the efforts we put into it. 
and really starts showing up in the numbers. So it, it was every bit of two years or more. And I, and I committed because uh, I think that's what Andrew told me when I started. He said, you know what, you want to give this a minimum of a year, but likely two years. And I committed at that moment that, you know, barring some catastrophe uh, with it, I was going to give it two years. And I think you will even recall that six or eight months ago, we had a conversation yeah, yeah. Uh, through my um, uh, account administrator, Jordan, and just said, hey, am I doing something wrong? Am I not doing enough of yeah. something? Am yep. I doing, I... you know, because it it was relatively flat, which again, in a, in a down market, isn't a bad thing, but it wasn't where I wanted it to be. And it certainly wasn't the stories that I heard on some of the podcasts or going to some of the masterminds where people were tripling and quadrupling their numbers in a relatively short period of time. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little, almost a little discouraging because I think, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, that's, 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 that's absolutely something as, as like the CEO of platform that I've become more conscious of over the years is that it's not that we ever want to stop celebrating the wins, right? But I'm, I'm starting to realize how, Hey, sometimes people that have been with platform for six or nine months or 12 months or shoot, you know, 18 months and their business really isn't blowing up like some of the other people they see, it can kind of actually be discouraging to hear stories of someone whose business doubled within a year of starting the platform strategy. Cause you kind of start thinking, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Or maybe this just isn't going to work for me or maybe it's not in my market. Maybe their market's different. Maybe they do something different. And all those questions, of course, went through my mind. And I think when you and I and Jordan talked together and we looked at the numbers and what the growth rate has been and what we were spending and, you know, you kind of helped assess all of that and, and say, here's the strategy moving forward. And, and here's, uh, you know, you're not doing it wrong. You're not, you're not slacking. And I will say too, uh, first to admit that the first six months in platform, I had a tough time getting in front of the camera and doing the videos and doing all this. So you almost can't count that first six months. Like a lot of other agents, I'm sure that uh, it was just that hesitation. And, oh, I don't look good on camera. I still don't, but I do it anyway. I don't sound good on camera or I don't like the sound of my own voice or I think this is going to be all those things aside. Once you get over yourself and you really implement the platform strategy, uh, I'm a perfect example of the success that that can happen. So when I say it took two plus years, really you could subtract that first six months because while I was doing it, while I was active in it, I wasn't to the point of what I've been in the last 12 months to, to 16 months. So Tom, I'm actually, I'm actually curious as the you know founder CEO platform, when someone says, I'm going to commit to this for two years, that's an extraordinary statement to make about a marketing company that you're just, I'm going to commit for two years. I mean, most people, if they give any sort of minimum at all or any sort of commitment, usually what they say is, I'm going to see if this works for 90 days or I'm going to give it six months and see if it works. And if they're, you know, particularly ambitious, they might say, I'm going to give this 12 months to work. And if I don't see results in a year, then I'll quit. And I think that's a, that's a totally reasonable perspective to give something 12 months, you know, what what was it about platform that made you think I'm going to stick with this for two 
two years because clearly you must have had some some level of trust or you know some sort of intangible that made you think I'm going to give this that long of a period of time to work because I think most people most people don't sign up for Zillow and think I'm going to give this two years to work or they don't start sending out direct mail and they think I'm going to give this two years to work like what was it about platform that made you give it that long of a runway and have that much patience. Uh, first of all, I guess I'll say that there was a trust level, and um, uh, we can talk about that in a second. But since you mentioned Zillow and Realtor.com and some of those, I have never done that. I've never paid for a lead. Uh, I, I am hesitant and have done very few of the referral networks where they take 25, 30, 40% sure, of sure. A commission. I just, that just was never felt right to me. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. And I will I I I will say too about those companies, you know, like OpCity and even uh realtor.com was, you know, doing that like notice that a lot of those companies are started in markets like the Bay Area or Austin, Texas where homes are like 700-800,000. So if like the average commission is already $20,000. So if you give away a 35% referral fee. It's like, well, whatever, you're still left with almost $15,000, but the honestly, the math just doesn't work in much of the country because if you're dealing with commissions that are $5,000 and you give away 35%, well, pretty quickly you're kind of like, why am I even showing this person homes after after taxes? I'm going to end up with 1500 bucks, <laughs> you know? Like it just it just doesn't make sense. I don't discount my commission. <laughs> I, I value what the service I provide. I believe it has the value. I can defend the value and I make no apologies for what my commission is and what I earn. And, and that's an important part. Uh, but back to your original question, I think there are a couple of things. One was the trust level in talking with the folks at Platform. Um, second, I've been self-employed since I was 18. That's 40 years now for me. Um, I have been self-employed since I graduated high school. Uh, and that commitment came from that self-employment mentality of it doesn't matter if I'm doing radio or doing something else. You have to give it the time to work. You have to give it the energy. You can't place one ad or a month's worth or a weekend's worth or what, and just expect that people are going to, to respond to that. It has to be that spaced repetition. And you know, social media is huge today. We, I, you know, we didn't experience that until the last what ten years or so, uh, or less in in our lives. And uh, what a great way this is! This would be like being in the beginning of television and being able to afford to run television ads or Super yeah. Bowl commercials. Yep. You know, early on. I mean, this is that's where we are as I look at it in this market. And I'm personally not a huge technology. I mean, I can handle myself in technology. I'm comfortable with most things, but I'm not one that's going to explore new things. I'm certainly not one who's going to put in the behind the scenes work for social media and video sure, and all sure. those things. And so I knew that was a weakness of mine that I'm not going to do or not going to take the time to do. And so that was a good fit. But I think the other thing that for me was huge uh, is that Platform came across to me as something I could embrace because it was an extension of who I already am. Somebody who likes to promote small business, 
somebody who likes to promote their local community, who wants to be seen as a part of the community and help the community. And it wasn't all about me. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy is when I go on social media and I see some of my fellow agents uh, from other brokerages who are you know, posting things like, hey, sold another one, who's next? And I'm thinking, to me, that sounds just so wrong uh, about who's next. In other words, who can I do next? Yep. Uh, that just doesn't fit with me. And you see the same people, you know, posting, you know, with their sold sign. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right, Celebrate right. the fact that somebody sold. But that isn't the majority or the face of my marketing. It may be a part of it, but it's certainly not the majority. It's not what people are going to see me as. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I uh, still think that when, when uh, most realtors... I said, I, I still think that when, when a most realtors post on, you know, let's say Facebook that, Hey, last year I sold $8 million worth of real estate or my, you know, like they, uh, they talk about their sales volume, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure the average person who sees that, who is not a real estate agent, when they say that, Hey, my, you know, my, uh, my total production was 8 million. I think a lot of people are still confused and they actually don't even realize did that realtor make $8 million last year? Like, they actually don't understand that you're just adding up the total cost of all the homes that you sold because no other business talks about its numbers by adding up the gross volume of the value of what they sold. That's almost unique to real estate agents that they that they add it up that way. And I think the honest reason is because it just sounds impressive, right? And I, and in fact, the same thing with our local MLS markets. And that's another thing. Our MLS is very small. It's just Knox County. But I have to belong to five MLSs because I'm in the center of oh. so many other MLSs, Cleveland MLS, Columbus MLS, Mansfield MLS, you know, Ashland, they all have different MLSs. And I have to be a part of all of those because we go just across the border and sure. many of the listings that I show are not in our MLS. They're in some other MLS. And so I have to search them. Another. So that's another piece of it. But my point is every MLS has their presidential award, their pinnacle award, or their, you know, whatever the award is. I almost want to vomit thinking about, you know, paying $85 to submit my number so somebody can give me a plaque with my name and some level on it. Yeah, that no one cares about. Nobody cares. But I, I know that's important to some people and hallelujah. I got a wall full of plaques of other things that I'm happy with. I don't need one every year to tell me what my volume was. I track everything. Don't get me wrong. I keep very close tabs sure. on my numbers. Sure. Uh, I track everything. Yeah. If, if, if there's like a, if there's a $99 application fee for applying for whatever awards, right? You would, your business would be so much better off if you took that hundred dollars and just went to your local cafe or coffee shop one day and just point it out everyone who's ordering and say, hey guys, I've got the next $100 of order on me. That would spread far more word of mouth about you and your personal brand than applying for some dumb award that, you know, no one no one cares about. 12 other agents. 12 other agents are gonna have the same picture on their right. post. Right, right. <laughs> and our company gives out some awards and they're very nice and I, I go and I receive it, but I didn't pay for that. Yeah, yeah sure. They gave it as an honor and I put it up, that's super but I don't base all my marketing on that, but you're absolutely right. I just, there's something so phony about that to me. Now, when, when, 
when you say, Tom, that that was kind of initially what attracted you to platform or what made you give it that two years worth of patience, uh, go into detail on that for me about you said that platform kind of valued um, featuring small businesses and featuring the community versus talking about yourself. Maybe for someone who's listening to this podcast right now who isn't yet working with platform, how would you explain that to them about how the platform marketing strategy is different? compared to just marketing approaches where you talk about yourself all the time? So uh, to do that, let me give a little bit of background for me and where I come from. In addition to being self-employed since I was 18 in my home community, I'm the youngest of nine children. I all grew up here. All my siblings moved away. My parents have since passed and I'm the only one left here. But uh, this has been my community and a community that I love. And because of that, I've been involved in lots of local organizations, volunteer groups, presidents of lots of organizations, uh, professional organizations, nonprofits, service clubs. That's been my passion. And in addition to that, uh, I also have been an elected official locally. I was on city council. Then I went to the state house. I was a state representative for eight years, term limits, got out. I've been wow. a county commissioner for 10 years since. Okay. So as far as name recognition that way, but before somebody goes, oh, well, that's where his success came from. Everybody knows him from this. I can tell you that hurts me more than it helps me because people, for several reasons, sometimes there's people that just don't agree with me politically and therefore they don't ever want to deal with me. That's okay. That's theirs. I don't look at it that way when I'm dealing with them, but some people have that view. Second, uh, people have seen me for many years as that public servant, I like to say, rather than politician, because words mean things, and poly means many, and ticks mean bloodsuckers. So I like to say <laughs> public servant. Uh, so uh, as a public servant, people know me as that. And one of my goals with platform marketing was for people to see and identify me as the local realtor with the same passions for my community, the same passion towards serving people, but in a different venue. Yeah, so it was, it was almost it was almost about reinventing or rebranding yourself as hey, I don't want you to think of me as a county commissioner or a state representative anymore. I want you to think of me as a top real estate agent now. It, exactly. And that was one of the goals and so it had that's why I said it had to fit with who I am and I didn't see anything else out there that fit or uh you know aligned as well with who I am and what I want to promote as platform did. So it became a very easy, simple transition and it didn't compete. People didn't have to think in their mind, oh, is he this or is he that? No, he's just a proponent. He's a cheerleader for his community and for small businesses. And if I'm known as nothing other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Tom, let's get into some of the specifics of uh, what that business growth has looked like. You know, you mentioned that it took you you know, two years really to feel like that investment in the platform strategy was, you know, finally starting to pay dividends. And I've just got to say, that's incredible that you stuck with it that long. Like that, that almost makes me emotional as the, you know, CEO platform hearing that someone put that much trust in us where we kept telling you over the last two years, just trust us, Tom, it's going to work. Like just have the patience and that you actually did trust the system and you stuck with it that long. And now you're seeing the results like that. That really makes me happy. Like it gives me the warm fuzzies hearing that, that you, that you trusted platform and that you 
that you put in the work and now you're getting the results. So what have those results been? Let's say this year, is your business up 10%? Is it up 25% or? So I can give you pretty much the exact numbers and round numbers. Uh, through 2018, 19, and 20, before I was with Platform, I hovered around seven to seven and a half million dollars in total sales, which as an individual with somebody who does other things, yeah, probably isn't bad in, in many markets. And especially at, you know, at that time, 150, $175,000 average sale price, that's not a bad year. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's, that's, ex I'm, I'm just going to say this because you're, you're pretty humble. That's extremely impressive when you're selling, you know, lots of $175,000 houses that you could get to seven, $8 million a year in sales. Cause I think a lot of people hear seven or 8 million and they're like, what is he selling? You know, 10 homes a year. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, he's doing pretty major volume to get that amount of sales in a market where like, uh, like an above average home for you is $250,000. Oh yeah. 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 I, I think it was up until a couple of years ago before I ever sold a single million dollar home ever. Um, and in fact, we just, in our market, I think it was two years ago, had the first, we have a small lake community where the first lakefront broke a million dollars Okay. less than two years ago in our entire market. We've never had that. So you were, you were, uh, yeah, you were, you were already reasonably successful before platforms that kind of sets the stage. That was the foundation. That was, that was the before you were selling about seven, eight million, where are things at now? What are you tracking for? So, so in 2021, which was a full year with platform, uh, I did about $10.3 million in sales, which was a good increase. Now in that time, I also added a brand new agent who as kind of as a buyer's agent uh, to help. So she was brand new. It wasn't like she came in and brought in, you know, tons of business. This was still developing. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I really do think that was just natural growth. 2022, I really set my sights high and I was hopeful that we'd really knock it out of the park. And honestly, I was set my goal at 20 million after one of the masterminds. And I thought we can do this. And 22, we ended up again at about 10.3 million. And so it was relatively flat. Now, keep in mind, it, to keep that in perspective, the market here was down between five and 10%. I was sure. steady. This year in 2023, and we're just hit the midway point of 2023 for those that might be listening in a different uh, time frame. Uh, to date, we did over $9 million in sales in the first six months of 2023. Now, keep in mind, at this time, our market is down 7 to 10 to 12% in my same MLS. Uh, I, I figured this up recently. That's a 40, approximately 40 transactions or 40 sides, if you will, is the way we track. Uh, and $9 million of our uh, local MLS, that's uh, about 13% of the entire MLS. Wow. So uh, that's not a bad gig. Wow. We're through the first, you know, this year. So our lit we're literally, we're up 98% this year over last year in a market that's down, that's down. locally yeah. about 10% in Columbus. 
I understand they're down closer to 20 to 25%. Yep. And I'm up 98%. So you're you're up basically 98% in a year where interest rates have, I mean, basically tripled from where they were before. Transaction volume is down. There's kind of just this general sense of pessimism in the market right now, right? And you're up 98%. That's 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 gotta feel really good. It it does. It it really does. And it's uh, it's where you kind of breathe that sigh of relief and say, God, I'm glad I didn't quit. <laughs> yeah. And here's how I know, Tim, that a lot of that comes from platform. And we, I do track where every lead comes from and where it goes. And I sure. have to say that a lot of my business has been done with past clients and with other individuals that you know have. But I also highlight those that had what I call the platform influence. And so somebody who I may have known, but they wouldn't have called me, but for my Facebook uh, marketing or somebody who referred me because they see me constantly and I was top of mind for them because I really don't do a whole lot of other marketing. I don't do billboards. I don't do print marketing. You know, I sponsor a few things here and there. Uh, but I don't have any other, I don't buy leads. I don't pay for any other marketing uh, things. I do a few of the little uh, magazines every couple of months just to have something going out in my name. But uh, really platform is the basis of my marketing. And here's some of the ways that I know that that has worked for A, the volume and B, that transitioning and re, uh, reforming of who people see me as. Yeah. About a month ago, I walked into the local grocery store where I go frequently and the woman and her son walked past and she smiles and said, oh, hello. And, you know, I said, hello, that's not abnormal, except I heard him as I walked by. The little boy said, how do you know him? And she says, we see him on Facebook. That's awesome. Hallelujah. This is working. Right. It wasn't. Oh, I had his sign in my yard the last election. So it was we saw him. Uh, we see him on Facebook. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was doing some work around the house. It was a holiday weekend and I had to run to Lowe's to get something. And uh, I stopped at a food truck and I was all grungy from you know doing yard work and things. And I walked up to get something that wasn't just normal fast food. And the woman at the counter lit up and she said, aren't you that famous realtor? <laughs> And I kind of so I said, well, I, I guess so. She said, can we get your picture oh, so no that we way. can post that's it awesome. on our social media that's that awesome. you came to our booth? And I was like, wow, that's different because you know, again, in in past it might have been, oh look, there's you know, there's the commissioner, or there's the state rep, or there, but now it's, aren't you that famous realtor? That's great. But that's great, and I have to believe that. Being a realtor at election time will help me a whole lot more than being an elected official when it comes time to picking a realtor. So I, I like the reverse a whole lot better. So that's how I know that it's that it's come around, come full circle, and people do recognize. And people start quoting to me some of my ads. In fact, sometimes they'll talk to me about things. And I think, what are they talking about? And I'll go, oh, that was my recent ad that, you know, that went out. Yeah. And so when it's initiated from them to me versus me having to recite something, right? that's when you know it's working. And so you know that people are actually 
telling you in real life, whether you're at the grocery store or shopping somewhere at church or at a local sports game, whatever. People are telling you about, oh, I loved your Facebook ad or I love that video. So you 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 know it's working. And also the proof is in the numbers, too, because I think it's important to point out that to to uh, to put it in straightforward terms, your business was at about seven million before platform. And this year you're on pace to do somewhere between 18, 19, maybe even 20 million dollars. And everyone knows that, yeah, your business could, you know, organically grow from seven to maybe eight or nine million. Like most years you'll have a little bit of variance, right? Of, oh, I did eight next year. I did nine next year. I did 6.8 next year. I did 9.2, whatever. Right. You, you kind of have a little bit of variance, but no one's business randomly spontaneously grows from 7 million to 19 million. You know, like obviously the marketing that you are doing in the community is what's making the difference. So uh, and and can I say I'm not spending any more with my ads and things, but I'm doing more of them. Sure, sure. So more more volume of content, but it's not content. Okay, so commitment that I made uh, about a year ago, we set the goals of how many uh, walking, you know, walk through or showing videos we sure. want to do, how many uh, historical videos we want to do or uh, posts, I should say, how many picture posts, how many just Tom being Tom posts we're going to do. And we've really focused on making sure we hit those numbers every month. And part of doing that, uh, one of the things I learned at one of the more recent uh, masterminds was, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me before, but literally designating a day for production. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're never going to do anything else that day or that we're not going to do production on other days. But if we know that Wednesdays are our production days and we had our Monday call with our ad uh, administrator, then we know exactly what we need to do. What do we need to knock out? Sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes all morning. It just depends on what we're working on, but we can map that out. We can strategize that. And we know what we need to do on that day. And we're far more committed to doing it. And because I have those numbers in front of me that these, this is the number of posts or videos that I want to do each month. Um, and we don't want to settle for any less than that. And you find ways to do it. And we're committed to doing it. And that's made a huge, huge difference. So you are you are taking one day a week. And this is like Wednesday is your designated content creation day where you're probably not scheduling a whole lot, if if any, meetings on Wednesday or phone calls on Wednesday or showings on Wednesdays because you're willing to tell your clients like, hey, Wednesdays are my marketing days where I spend all day Wednesday creating content, whether that's filming videos, taking photos, just creating content. Because that that way I know that I'm creating enough new ads every week so that people aren't just seeing the same old ads recycled over and over and over again. They're regularly seeing fresh new photos and videos on your social media feed, which kind of creates the perception that maybe you're spending even more than you actually are because there's constantly new stuff going out. So Tom, actually, let me just ask you, how much, how much do you spend on the ads budget every month? Uh, I knew that was probably going to be a question. My answer is, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have to ask my ads manager. I really don't. Uh, I'm sure we set a, a threshold at some point and said, Hey, keep it at this. Um, but I don't know. And I don't ask honestly, because it's working. And I know if I need to spend a little more, she has the freedom to do that. And if I, I don't, 
she won't. And that's part of that trust part that we talked about. Sure. You know, we have a great relationship with Jordan and we trust her and, you know, she'll ask us, you know, I'm going to put a couple dollars a day behind this one or I'll put less behind that one or I'll stop doing this one. But the totality of it, honestly, without looking at my, uh, my credit card statement or my taxes, I don't know. Somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe fifteen hundred a month, or so, I don't know. Yeah, I I think if I remember, I talked to Jordan. You're probably averaging spending a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month on the ads. I I mean, maybe that's changed since I last talked to her, but I think it was around a thousand to twelve hundred. So again, if you're if you're if you're listening to this, you know, ask yourself: Would investing twelve hundred dollars a month in ad spend, let's say, is that worth it if it grew my business from seven million to nineteen million? You know, and I would I would think the answer is yes. You just have to have the patience that it's not going to work in the first 90 days. It's probably not going to work in the first six months. You know, Tom didn't really see the business start to really, really grow in a meaningful way until about two years. in. now, obviously, your business grew from seven to 10 million, but that's not necessarily like earth shattering growth going from seven to 10, but going from seven to 19 or 20 million is right. Right, but twenty five percent growth isn't anything to sneeze at either, you know. When you look at it, sure, sure, it, it's consistent and it helped keep up. And we that's part of the reason we knew it was working. But one of the things that you said to me in our conversation a few months back, and you may remember this, we were talking about how many leads we've generated, how many, you know, I don't, I guess not really followers, but how many folks we have in our yep. in our retargeting uh, group, and how many people are seeing our ads. When we tallied it up based on the population, I think you mentioned that on average, you know, three to five percent of people in any given market are looking to either buy or sell real estate, which is probably a pretty reasonable number. And I think we had, um, I don't know, we had like five times that many in our retargeting uh, group. So when you think about it from those terms, it's no wonder I'm capturing you know, somewhere close to 15% of the market share is because I pretty much have everybody, they may not use me, but everybody who's probably looking at buying or selling is seeing me. Knows knows who you are. Yep. Exactly. And and that's important. I, I remember way back in the 70s, you probably don't remember the 70s, but <laughs> when... Tom, do you mean the the uh, 19, 1970s or the 1870s? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, the, the 1970s. Uh, when there was a car dealer uh, who was being interviewed uh, locally, and I, I'll never forget this. I was young, wasn't even out of school yet, but I remember being him being interviewed, and people, you know, he was like top of mind. He was the number one name in Columbus Market, uh, and they said, how do you do that? How do you market yourself? And of course, that time, radio was the big thing. Uh, everybody listened to radio, and he said, I spend, if, if my marketing budget is, you know, $10,000, is I spend uh, 30% of it over the 30 days, and I spend 60 or 70% of it in a three or four day period, so that you can't be alive in Central Ohio and not know that we exist. And I sure. thought, oh, that's that's a pretty cool concept. Uh, I'm thinking about his whole idea was market saturation. For a given period of time, and then the repetitiveness of that every month, you know, every year, and that's really what platform gives us. Although a much more balanced approach to it, but we have that 
constant top of mind. Every good realtor knows that even your friends and neighbors are going to call whoever is top of mind to them, even if it's their neighbor, not their neighbor or their closest friend. Right. They're going to call who is top of mind when they think about real estate. Everybody probably knows five or six. I mean, we have 125 uh, agents in our local small MLS, 65,000 people. You know, that's like what, what, any, one in every 60 or so is, yeah. is an agent. So everybody knows somebody who's an agent, but who's top of mind and who do they think is going to deliver the best service to them? Uh, and that's the important part of platform marketing is that we're constantly in front of them, giving them good information, not just, ooh, look at me, but it's look at us, look at our community, look at what we can provide. How can I educate you about real estate? How can I educate you about the market? How can I educate you about interest rates and about you know mortgages and about and give tidbits of information that are helpful and useful. As you say, they're ads that don't look like ads. Yep, that is, that's the name of the game, ads that don't look like ads. You know, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've said before, and you kind of hinted at this, Tom, that mo most people in most communities know five, usually five or six realtors, but they probably know really well two or three of those realtors. So it's it's not even that you, you know, if, if you live in an area that has 120 agents in your, you know, um, local local association, you're not really competing against the 120. You're honestly at any given time, most people know five or six realtors, but they know two or three of them well enough to where those are the two or three that they're probably considering, not even on the basis of merit. They just know two or three people because maybe one of them goes to their church. One of them is. Uh, you know, a volunteer coach on their kids' baseball team, whatever. They know two, maybe one of them is in their neighborhood, right? Their neighbor. They know two or three agents. So all your marketing has to do over time is just consistently position you as being better and more knowledgeable and more trustworthy than those two or three people that they maybe already know. And as long as your marketing does that, you're going to get listings, you're going to get buyers, right? So don't like, don't psych yourself out if you're like, oh, I'm in a market with a thousand realtors or a market with 500 other agents in my association or whatever. Because like you're never in competition with everyone. You're only in competition with a couple other people that they might be uh, comparing you to. And you just want to set up your marketing in a way that if they search on Facebook or they search on Google or YouTube, that all they see is you because they see all the content you've created. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, clearly this person, you know, this, this Tom Collier guy is way more knowledgeable and he seems way more in tune with the market because look at all the content he creates. He's constantly putting out photos and video updates of what's going on in the area. Like, I think this is the realtor that we want to work with because especially, 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 especially if they're selling a house, really they're auditioning who's the best marketer because they want to find out which realtor is going to market and promote their home the best, right? And that's not always necessarily true of like, uh, a buyer agent, like if, if they're working to buy a house and they're looking for you to represent them on the buy side, I think it has a little bit more to do with intangibles and just do they like you in some kind of warm, fuzzy sense, you know, because they're not necessarily doing research on your skill level if if you're uh, representing them on the buy side. But on the sell side, they're absolutely looking at like, okay, what's his marketing skill set? Does he promote well? How How well does he understand online marketing? Like, you know, because they want to know that if they're going to pay you a huge commission check to sell a house, that you are 
act, you know, actually objectively better than other agents in some objective way. And so that's why having impressive marketing matters, especially if you're trying to pick up more, uh, more listings. So Tom, and that, uh, and that has been a focus as well is more listings and that has, that has really worked. And to be able to go into a listing appointment, say, look, um, here's, you know, some of the other agents that you might be familiar with, look at how many views they get on their videos because they post a lot of them. Sure. And they'll get 200 on a good one, maybe 250. Right. And I say, here's one with 28,000. Here's one with 30,000. Here's one with in a market of 65,000 people. Right. Like half the population has seen your videos. Yeah. And, and actually, actually, I always add the nuance that if you're in a town with 60,000 people, usually half the population of any area is children. So if you're getting 30,000 video views on a video in a town of 60,000 people, it quite literally means that every single adult in the area mathematically has seen your video because we're obviously not marketing it to seven-year-olds, right? So uh, that's, that's, a, that's, that's very impressive. So Tom, what, what, what ratio or percentage of your business would you say is, is the listing side versus the buy side? Yeah, uh, I can't tell you an exact percentage, but I do know that has, that has increased significantly. That's one of the areas that we really want to focus. And the reason that it has increased is that we have made a more concerted effort to do the listing videos. I know it's easy to say, well, this listing sold real quick, and so I didn't need to do a video. Sure. This home isn't really worthy of a video, or I don't have listings. Those are not good excuses based on the the value of doing them. And so we've committed to, to doing four a month as a minimum, whether they're ours or somebody else's. I, I called a, and we get a lot of out-of-town agents who list things here. Sure. I think, oh, if I call the big city agent, they'll sell it faster. So every, every single, every single week you're putting out a new listing video tour. Yeah, exactly. Or more. And uh, so, you know, we did a, a, there's a property here that's, listed for two and a half million, which is like a million dollars overpriced because the out-of-town agents don't know how to price here. But I just called them and I said, it's a beautiful property. I said, hey, do you mind if I give your property an extra push? You're not a member of my MLS. I can do a video. Here's what some of mine look like. I'll put it out. I'll give you credit in there. Do you mind if I do that? And they're like, sure. I mean, anything to get this thing sold. And we did that. I can't believe how many people said, wow, I saw that new listing you've got. Wow, that's a really cool listing. Yeah, they just assume it's your listing. That's why I'm such a huge proponent um, in the platform of like, if you don't have any listings of your own, borrow listings from other agents and film videos of other listings where you are giving the video tour. Because even if you say in the post, even if you make it perfectly obvious that, hi, this is not my listing, I'm actually going to show you Bob Smith's listing today. And it says that in the ad. People forget that within one second and just what they remember is they saw Tom Collier on a video in a million dollar house. And so they just assume that it's Tom's listing. So in, in a very real way, you can kind of manufacture this reality that you're a top listing agent and then you have a lot of listings, even if you don't have any, just by filming video tours of other agents listings because anyone who sees them will think that it's your list. I picked just this last month, I picked up a $400,000 for sale by owner because I called them and I, they said, well, we really want to try it for ourselves. Great. No problem. Hey, could I give it an extra boost? Because I know you've seen my videos on Facebook. 
do you mind if I do that for you to try to help bring a buyer? And they're like, sure, so it won't cost anything. So I did the video and, you know, of course they didn't do anything with it for themselves. And who's the first person they called to say, hey, we're not gonna be able to do this by ourselves. We need some help. Will you do that? Well, of course I'm gonna do it. Who else are they gonna call? Right. I've already been through their home. Right. I've already done a video. I've already got the marketing in place for them. Of course they're gonna call me. And we, we got that under contract that'll close here in a couple of weeks. Now, I, uh, I also wanna draw attention to the fact that you said that was a $400,000 listing because in a market where the average house is 200,000 or less, I want you to imagine if you're hearing that and you're in a market where let's say your average is 400,000, that would be the equivalent of you picking up an $800,000 listing because it's twice what his twice the price of his average, you know, the average home in his market. So that's how well this strategy works is even in those higher price points in your market, you can still kind of like create that perception by just filming as many listing videos as possible even if they're not your listings. Right. Yeah. And if I can mention something else that I picked up in a mastermind that is kind of a, a side, when you go to the masterminds, it's, they're hard to describe and I really do appreciate them and I'll, I'll never miss one. Um, but some, I, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, I think from the Northwest who talked about sponsoring the little league team and how he handled that. Oh, that was a, that was a Brandon Smith from Montana. And so uh, I sponsored an 8U softball team, right? It's 350 bucks that buys the t-shirts and puts your logo on it. It's basically a bunch of, it's basically a bunch of first graders. But yeah, exactly. Uh, game over for most people. Well, we did exactly what he talked about. We sent out a draft letter and I said, your coaches have chosen you because of your work ethic and your, you know, your strengths and their abilities and your, you know, your willingness to learn. And I, and I sent this out to, I don't know, there's 11 or 12 kids on the team and uh, sent this letter out to their parents. And we had parents taking pictures of that letter, posting it on social media, saying, we got a draft letter for our seven-year-old daughter, you know, who's an eight-year eight softball. Then we had a little pizza party for them at their first practice. And then I went online on Amazon and, and got... Uh, I don't know, a bunch of little trinkets with softball stuff, little rubber bracelets, sure, sure, hair ties and things that girls love. And so every game I'm passing these little things out. I got, you know, uh, I went to Wendy's and I said, hey, I'm looking for some certificates I can hand out to the softball team. And I said, here, have a bunch of these for free Frosties. And so after one game, I'm handing out free Frosties to every kid. And the parents are like amazed. Then I hired a, a high school graduate who's just graduated this year. I pay him 20 bucks a game. He comes with his camera, photographs, and posts the stats and the pictures uh, on Facebook because parents want to watch the game, not take pictures, although they do take pictures. Yeah. And they can't, I mean, if, if it's not out like within, you know, 15, 16 hours, I'm getting texts about where are the pictures. Yeah. And, and you're a, you're a, you're a posting updates about the games with these photos as if it's like a varsity softball game. You know, like Jill, Jill drove in the winning RBI with a single to left field in the bottom of the ninth. And you're like writing a narrative about the game as if as if you're a sports journalist talking about an actual varsity game. And remember, 
this isn't like junior high softball players. You're talking about first graders. Like they can barely walk. And I'm telling you, every parent and grandparent and cousin and aunt and and follows this page. And, you know, uh, tomorrow is their year end, you know, uh, party that they get together. And so, you know, we're, we're helping sponsor that and underwrite that uh, to make it a big deal. I'm going to do it again in the fall for the same kind of group, but so easy. And they had what, 12, 15 games, cost me 20 bucks a game, plus the little trinkets and a little bit of time sending out that draft letter. Yep. And I'm telling you, I have parents coming up to me after every game saying, we've never seen a sponsor do anything like this. This is amazing. Which- yeah, you were you were actually you were actually involved in their season. You didn't just cut a check for three hundred fifty dollars and call it good. You actually got involved. Let's say that you spent, I don't know, with all the random frosties and stuff. Let, let's let's just say that you spent a thousand dollars. It sounds like you didn't. It was probably much less than that. But let's let's just say that you spent a thousand dollars. Like you are going to get so much more of a return from getting involved the way that you did because the 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 word of mouth like the 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 lasting effect of of the word of mouth of all these people talking about you i mean obviously if one of them sells their house in the next couple of years they're going to call you right they're not going to call any other any other agent so i think it's when you when you do interesting things in real life that's what makes the most compelling retargeting ads because if you talk about that in your ads those ads will perform better cuz they're actually reflecting something interesting that you were doing, you know, in real life. So speaking of those ads, Tom, um, I wanted to ask you what, if you could narrow it down to like, I don't know, two or two or three, what are your two or three favorite ads you've run with platform over the last couple of years that got the most engagement where people were actually coming up to you in real life and telling you, Oh, I love this ad or I love this video, you know, whatever. What are your two or three, favorite platform ads of all time that you've run? We uh, we took the uh, Olympic ad a little further than most people. And I compared Paris, France for their 2004 Olympics to Knox County. You know, they have the Eiffel Tower. We have the Raston Tower, which is a big tower in the middle of the park that we have. And I got pictures and videos in front of each one of these things. And they have, you know, their uh, historical museums and historical theaters. And look, here's our historical theater. And I you know, just compared and contrast those all throughout. I put on some red, white, and blue bandanas and, and wristbands and went out to the track and flew my, you know, by my uh, Olympic flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I have to say got a lot of a lot of feedback. Uh, it was both corny, yeah, yeah, fun, and, and people enjoyed that. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do. The God made a small business owner, you know, so God made a small business owner on the eighth day. That one got a lot of a lot of traction. Um, you know, appreciating, uh, we recently did something to, uh, and it wasn't a video, but we did an ad to appreciate, uh, I think June 15th or 17th or something was national garbage man's day. Okay. Supposed to thank your garbage man. So we did a post and we actually, there's only like 30 in all of Knox County. So we, we literally gave them a certificate to go to a local restaurant to get free lunch uh, any day over the like a week long period, and they just redeemed the certificate, and then we went to the restaurant and paid them the two hundred and fifty dollars of what they consumed. Sure. And we encouraged people to tip their garbage man uh, over this period, 
And people say, well, I never thought about that. Or, you know, I really appreciate my yard man, but never, you know, how do you tip them? How do you do this? That, you know, this is really cool. So just feedback like that of taking something very simple. And we truly, we weren't doing it just for marketers. We're doing it because we really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, because you actually want to be involved in your community. If yeah. you want to know how much you appreciate them, let them miss a week. <laughs> then you know how much you appreciate them because we're all up in arms. So little things like that and trying to find people who we can appreciate and show value to who wouldn't get it otherwise. And again, it has nothing to do with real estate directly, but it has everything to do with who we are and who our community is and who people want to do business with. Because people do business with people they like and people they trust. And all of this is about building trust. I think... When uh, when uh, some agents, whether whether they're working the platform or not, when agents are spending money on marketing and sometimes it's not working, I think the glaringly obvious thing that sometimes isn't so obvious when you're, you know, working in the business, and you kind of have blinders on. You're like you're, you're like in the trenches. Right. And you can't zoom out and see the big picture. It's that you're spending money on marketing talking about uninteresting things like what are you actually doing in real life? that's interesting enough to talk about in your ads. Because sometimes people spend a bunch of money on you know, Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, direct mail, whatever, but they're not actually doing anything interesting in real life. So their ads are just therefore talking about them and they're talking about their brand and they're talking about how many homes they sold. It's like, well, that's, that's not interesting. So obviously those ads are not gonna perform very well because they look like ads, right? But if you're really involved in your community, like, you know, you said you're helping organize, you know, awareness and buying lunches for the garbage, garbage men in your community and you're sponsoring and getting super involved in like first grade softball teams. And, you, you know, you're just so involved in your community. Well, all you have to do is talk about that in your marketing because you're not bragging about yourself. You're really talking about the community. And that makes your marketing way, way, way more interesting. So you actually get more reach and more engagement with an even smaller, uh, smaller, smaller budget. So, Tom, the last question I wanted to ask you is I want to bring this conversation full circle to that you stuck it out for over two years with Platform before you really got the, you know, radical growth in your business that you were looking for, you know, going from. 7 million to, you know, like on pace for 19, 20 million, uh, this year, like that didn't happen in the first six months. It didn't happen in the first year. It didn't even happen in the first two years. It took you two years to really feel like that momentum was kicking in. What advice or what encouragement would you share with someone who maybe recently signed up for platform in the last year, in the last six months? And they're kind of in that ramp up period too. Like they're not yet seeing the results that maybe they've heard other people at masterminds talk about, or they've heard other podcast episodes where someone says, Oh, my business doubled or tripled or whatever. And they're, they're kind of starting to get frustrated because they're like, why is it not happening for me? Cause you were dealing with those doubts, not for six months or a year, but for, you know, frankly, over two years, what perspective or what encouragement would you share with them so that they stick it out? Like, you did and hopefully get the results that you have because of your patience? Uh, you know, I would say don't just stick it out time-wise. Stick it out effort-wise. Put the effort into it that 
your ads manager, your account manager talks with you about. Make a commitment to do X number, whatever your number is, three videos a month, four videos a month, whatever it is, get with your account manager and say, what's a reasonable goal to have with this? And work that plan. And the second thing I'd say is, you know, a lot of people say, well, get to a mastermind. And I encourage that 100%. But the, the extra value of mastermind is talking with other agents. Um, and certainly the people you bring in are phenomenal. I take pages and pages of notes and review those. I don't want to take anything away from that. But the value of getting with other agents who have committed to the process and who have experienced success, don't compare your market or your time frame or in a, compare your activity level. That's the comparison to make. That's how you'll know, well, if this is or isn't working for me. It's not that it's not working. It's probably that we're not working it. That's a that's a really good point. That's that's a really good point because one one takeaway that I think I have every year is when we when we talk to people who have made the platform Hall of Fame, that get inducted into the Hall of Fame every year. Almost every time I ask them, how many pieces of content are you creating every week? The answer is most people will say, oh, two to three pieces a week, every week. You know, they're not putting up one new ad a week. It's usually two or three. So if someone is putting up one ad a week, they're literally double or tripling the amount of content that you are putting out into the world. And so, of course, their business is going to grow faster than yours is, even if your budget is the same. Yeah, that's right. And along those lines, one of the things we found successful, I don't know that other agents have done this, um, but it's, I think it's a great idea. We have a lots of, you know, in our rural area, you have lots of little burgs and villages and little crossroad towns or towns that used to exist that aren't even there anymore, but maybe there's a road named after it. And so we, I paid a local historian, I think I paid him $300, and he did 31 paragraph synopses or little histories history if you will sure of each of those little communities and their history how they got their name or who founded it or how the, and there may be a paragraph or two and so okay. i'll picture myself in front of one of the buildings or maybe just on the roadway or in front of the welcome to you know gone sign and put a little historical post people absolutely love those they share them. They say, wow, I didn't know this. This is cool information. And again, has nothing to do with real estate, but they're what I call our pocket uh, posts that if I did miss a week or I'm on vacation like I was last week, I could send Jordan a couple of those and say, hey, put these in where you need to if we don't have enough content sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Kind of keeps those in their pocket until they're needed. And we throw those in, and particularly in the winter when it's a little slower and makes it a little more difficult for sure. us in the northern parts of the of the U.S. to get listing videos and all those things. Those are perfect ads to put out there that are very simple to put together, and they they draw a lot of attention, and they're perfect in those off seasons, if you will. That's just another ad idea that I think is good, and um, you know, but to encourage new agents. Listen, it's easy. I was there. I was the one listening to those podcasts and thinks, man, I must be an idiot because these people are having all this success and they're obviously doing something I'm not. That or they're lying. And I know they're not lying because I talked to them. You know, I know them and I visited with them. 
and uh, getting together even within you know uh, other central Ohio platform agents and getting together and talking about some of the ideas. But I encourage you to talk with agents who have been in longer, have committed and have done it versus just talking to somebody else who's also been in only three months or six months. That probably isn't gonna be the best counsel or use of your time. Talk with the people who have committed and who have had success. And I've never found one that wasn't willing to share or to just listen or to understand and say, hey, I understand there's gonna be some downtimes, but what are you doing here? What are you doing there? And sometimes coming from somebody different other than your ads manager uh, is, is sometimes gonna make a world of difference. But there's so many benefits beyond just the Facebook marketing of platform and the interaction with the other agents and uh, it's, getting it's, to know them, which, you know, I suppose you could do at any other, you know, uh, real estate uh, uh, consultant group or whatever, but not to the level with platform because you're actually sharing those ideas and concepts. And we really do call it a plat family for a reason. We all have those commonalities and we've all had the struggles. We've all been there and you read somebody new posting this on Facebook that, hey, I, I really don't know what to do with this listing or I, I'm really nervous about getting in front of the camera. And it's like, get over yourself. I've been there. We all have. I don't like doing it. I didn't like doing it at the beginning. And now we just do it. And it's part of it. And people already know what you look like. They know what you sound like. You're not impressing them. You don't have to do it professionally. Just do it. Just do it. Well, Tom, I'm I'm thrilled for your success. Like genuinely thrilled. We've we've talked behind the scenes of the platform team like over the last year. Like I think I can speak for the entire team that like the person we most wanted to have success that we knew was kind of like teetering was, was you. We were all like, man, I want Tom Collier to blow up. I want Tom Collier to be the next success story because he's just such a nice guy. Like all of us just have been rooting for you so much behind the scenes, wanting, wanting your business to really blow up. And so like this, this episode, when it goes live, is going to actually bring a lot of smiles to the platform team knowing that hey Tom Tom stuck it out and and it was worth it for him. Like I mean, we've all just been rooting for you so much behind the scenes and so we're all really stoked that your business is 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 where it's at. To all of the platform family because it's not just our ads manager although Jordan our relationship with her is great. We love her. She's part of the family. Um and certainly with you but we know that there are lots of people behind the scenes that we never get to see or talk to or we just hear about uh, that that are all part of the success. And that's the beautiful thing about platform is everybody. It really is that family dynamic. Everybody wants to see you succeed. There isn't a selfish bone in anybody's body at platform or who is in platform. We all want it to work well for ourselves, but we also want to see it work well for other people. And we pick each other's ideas. And the fact that I run an ad that's the same as somebody in Texas, nobody's going to care or know. <laughs> and, you know, everybody thinks it's my great ideas. I would say 90% of them aren't. They're somebody else's great idea that I just got to copy and alter to fit me and to fit our community. And that's the beauty of it. It's, it's not cookie cutter trying to run the same meme or same other. It's... It's the same concept or idea put into our 
personality and our community so that it matches who you are. It's authentic marketing more than anything. It's just authentic. I think that's a great place to end. So guys, thank you so much for investing your time and listening to this episode. Feel free to reach out to Tom if you have any uh, any questions, you want to pick his brain. Tom, would you mind sharing your cell phone number real quick in case anyone wants to get a hold of you? Sure. It's 740-627-1544 or you can go to Tom, T-H-O-M, Collier Realtor uh, on Facebook and you'll find us and and be glad to talk with you anytime. Um, we're all interested in your success and your success helps all the rest of it. I'm excited for the future of platform and the things that you have coming. Um, and again, I just want to encourage anybody who's been with it six months or a year or two years, if you haven't seen it yet, stick it out, but only stick it out if you're actually doing the work, doing the effort and making a commitment. I think Tom, you are, you are proof that platform works if you do. So guys, uh, thank you. We'll see you on the next episode of the Platform Marketing Show.